I'm Jason Aldean. This week, we witnessed one of the worst tragedies in American history. Like everyone, I'm struggling to understand what happened that night and how to pick up the pieces and start to heal. But you can be sure that we're going to walk through these tough times together every step of the way. Because when America is at its best, our bond and our spirit, it's unbreakable. I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Note to self, don't change for anyone. Note to self, don't die. Welcome in to the most listened to, the most downloaded, the most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. My name is Brian Stone and this is the Weekly Dose. For October 11, 2017, the day after my half birthday. Yep, 37 and a half years old. You're only 37 and a half once, right? Appreciate you finding the show, however it is you download it, however it is you seek it out. Multiple places that you can do that. Any podcasting app, as you probably well already know. The SoundCloud page is where the hub, the host is. The uh, website is still functional. Hopefully, by the end of the month, the new one will be up and at them. And I'll get more into the end of the month here in just a minute. I did want to just kind of talk about the intro there. Jason Aldean, by by all accounts. Count you probably already know was the opener of Saturday Night Live this past Saturday, the week after the shooting in Las Vegas, and I've spent a week and a half being very, very empathetic and very sympathetic and very heartfelt 
and very, very um, just as, as sad in nature that I could be with anything that I've touched on this. Today, it's going to be less of that, and we'll be a little bit more flippant from a certain angle of that. And somebody's probably going to you know hashtag too soon on this, but I'm on the side of people who feel for this, so don't get mad at me. I'm on your side, and I think most people who listen to this show will will, uh, will understand that, but I'll get to, to more of that in a minute. So there's the three instances that grabbed me from an audio standpoint. Some of, I guess they were all video or live experiences in the last week, and first was, uh, I guess the very first one was, in Gainesville, Florida, at the Florida LSU game at the Swamp, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, at the end of the third quarter, they played I Won't Back Down, which what I hope becomes now a, a tradition at the end of every third quarter in Gainesville. That's where Tom Petty is from. They played I Won't Back Down in between the quarters, so they were probably able to play probably the whole song or at least most of it. And the University of Florida official Twitter account videoed it. Uh, from a from their phone and then tweeted it only about 25 seconds of leading up into the chorus which you just heard it was bone chilling it was it was uh it was you know the goosebump and like oh my god how awesome is that you know 80,000 I don't know how many that that stadium holds 80 90,000 people singing in unison this this man's song you know days after he died it was so cool and then Jason Aldean opened Saturday Night Live with that um, the, his heartfelt thoughts and then played I Won't Back Down. And then my friend Stephanie Hurst, sorry, Stephanie, I don't remember your uh, your married name, even though she's been married for over a decade. But Stephanie Hurst posted on my Facebook page, Sam Bush down at the Three Sisters Bluegrass Festival over the weekend here in Chattanooga playing I Won't Back Down as well. And it just so happened that I had enough audio from all three of those sources to piece together one almost full verse into the chorus and i'm I'm just gonna come out and say it i'm pretty damn proud of myself i thought that thing sounded awesome and i actually hope it got a little bit more social media traffic but i don't judge and sit around and worry about and caring about how much social media traffic if i were to have my way i'd always like more but man i thought it was awesome so i started the show with that handful of things to get to today actually might be kind of a long show. I got a lot of things to get to. I got a lot of audio to play, and I don't know if I've said it out loud many times on this show. I probably have. I love playing with audio. I love splicing audio. I love editing audio. That's why I had so much fun with that intro and that uh, won't back down thing. And anytime I can get my hands on audio and, and incorporate it into the show, to me, it makes for a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy it, too. Uh, before I get to any of that, Something Wicked on Station Street on October 28th. I am excited as I could be to say that this is the quote-unquote, for lack of a better way to put it, the official podcast of the biggest Halloween party in the city of Chattanooga, Something Wicked on Station Street. Sorry, I couldn't come up with anything more clever than the quote-unquote official podcast. But I will be down there recording a show uh, live to tape on that day outside in the breezeway in front of the Revelry Room doing some stage announcements as well. There'll be costume parties, plenty to eat, plenty to drink, and all kinds of awesome bands from right here in town. It's a truly Chattanooga localized thing, and that makes me even more proud to be involved with it because that's kind of where the emphasis of this show comes from is, is focusing on this city that we all love so much. Nick Lutzko, Strong Like a Horse, Hip Hop Cha, 
um, uh, the the fire breathing fire dancers. Sorry, I forget your, uh, their name right now. I don't have any of this in front of me right now. Well, who else? Planet is doing the ten thousand days a tool tribute show later that night. Who the hell am I leaving out? I think that's majority of it. Again, just found out yesterday. Um, I do have. Plenty of pairs of tickets to give away, and here's how you can get involved on that. First of all, you can call the Stone on Air Newsmaker line, 301-8080, 301-8080, leave your name and a contact, and then you are registered to win a pair of tickets. You can share any post that comes from the official Stone on Air Facebook page. Not necessarily my own Brian Stone page, which, you know, if you do that too, you'll probably be involved as well. But if you share any post from the official Stone on Air Facebook page, look for the cartoon head of me. If you share that, you are registered. And if you like any of the Stone on Air Facebook page posts between now and the end of the month, you will be registered to win tickets to the Something Wicked on Station Street. Halloween block party that I am uh, really excited about. So I, I appreciate uh, Monica and everybody over at the Revelry Room and the Chattanooga Choo Choo campus for including me in on that. So coming up on the show today, what do we got? Final segment of the show, I'm going to be piggybacking, and this whole episode is going to kind of piggyback off of last week and talking about liars. And I told about the story over the Pilgrimage Festival. This is going to be moving more towards a different variation of lies. It's kind of a cultural phenomenon that is, it's not unique to only America. I mean, plenty of it in the UK, plenty of it in other cultures, but it really seems to be rampant gossip. Gossip and 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 just spreading rumors and information that you have no idea whether it's true or not. That is something that has become really, in a way, an epidemic in our social cultural settings here in the United States of America. And I think it's I think it's toxic, and it certainly is in the workplace, which I'll be focusing on more in the final segment. But it can be in your social circles, and it certainly can be at, at, at younger ages when you can't differentiate the difference between things that matter and things that don't. That's the great thing about being an adult is that you can differentiate that. You you can figure out, well, at least some of us can, what is actually important and what actually isn't. And um, as, as, as younger and younger and younger get more involved with social media and different technologies, gossip and rumor and um, appearance and the way things, you know, are perceived is very, very important and can be soul-crushing and, and self-esteem destroying and uh, or or inflated fake self-aggrandizing kind of a way too. It, it it actually comes all the way back to a mental health conversation that probably won't get to in a whole lot today, but I do think it's important to talk about. Coming up at Stone's Throw, uh, slaying lame and exposing frauds. That's what I say in one of my openings anyway. And uh, I'll vaguely touch on the Vice President of the United States of America, just for a second. But the main thing I want to talk about is a local restaurant in Hickson that is a perfect example of what an absolute fraudulent move is, at least in this decision-making. I'll get to that in Stone's Throw. Two main topics here in the first segment. Before I get to the one I'll spend a little bit more time on, I'm going to, I'm just going to say this quickly, and I'll be, I'll be as brief as possible. I learned a while ago couple years ago that is a very important to stay away from polarizing subjects on regularity because you you don't want to turn away people i'm not in the business of gotcha guy i'm in the business of trying to create an audience that looks for fresh and interesting perspective on things do i expect you to agree with everything i say of course not do i expect you to love everything i say not even kind of but i want you to at least 
be interested in what I have to say. And so you got to be very careful how you approach things. That also means I, I'm not going to abandon the big stories of the day, whether it be from the administration we have currently, the former one, any other polarizing topics I, I try to tread lightly on without ignoring important stories. And I started this thought process way before Don Trump became president at the end of last year. But so having said that, I'm going to talk about both Don Trump and Mike Pence today, but I'm going to keep it brief and right to the point. I just need you to think about this for a minute. Just sit down and just chew on this for a minute. I don't care if you like the NFL, you hate the NFL, or you care nothing about the NFL. What is happening right now is a sitting president is at best trying to harm and at worst trying to destroy an American business. Now take out all the variables. Take out all the things that are got people's you know, blood pressure up and have people banging away on the keyboard on, on, on the social media. I can't take it. Or on their smartphone. I've got to say something. I'm mad about this. Take away all that stuff. Take away protests. Take away how much money the players make. Take away how much money the owners make. Take away what is or isn't the profit status of the league. Take away any kind of polarizing subject matter that comes in and out of something that is this kind of huge entity and just sit down and think about it just for a minute that a sitting American president is publicly shaming an American business is publicly at best trying to harm an American business and at worst trying to destroy an American business just think about that for a few minutes So I'll just set that right over here in the corner and I'll let you do what you wish with it. Okay, so on to the second topic of this first segment. And this is going to come across a little flippant in a lot of ways. And it could turn off some people if they didn't know me better. My guess is if you enjoy listening to this on any level, it won't turn you off even though you might think to yourself, I wouldn't go there right now. But I mentioned before, I couldn't be more sympathetic, empathetic, whatever word you want to use for this situation. It, 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 it rocked my emotions more than any tragedy in a long time. But it's been a week and a half, and let's get real. Social media is a nasty place to hang out at. I don't do a lot on, on Facebook. I post, I look around, and I move away. It's just not something that interests me all that much. But I look at Twitter all day, every day. And it is a place where people yell and scream and insult each other constantly. And there's a certain... Um, response you get, whether it's immediately, shortly after, or a long period after, anytime there's a major tragedy, and it's this, this feel, this need that we have to understand. We have to know what happened. We've got to know what happened, why this person did this awful thing. And I got to thinking more and more about that here recently. Why do we need to know this? Why are we so damn interested in understand? We quote-unquote understanding why somebody who does something horrific or just out of out of left field, out of nowhere, out of absolute character from at least per- perception, why do we have to feel like we understand? Because illogical and irrational behavior cannot be understood by the logical and rational brain. They go against each other. It doesn't work that way. You won't be able to understand. Now, it's good for psychiatrists and psychologists and mental health professionals to have these case studies to be able to to study this 
human behavior. It's good for them. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the Twitter-fueled, Facebook, social media-fueled world. I got to know what happened, and I got to know now. Takes me back to that Chris Rock stand-up back in 99. And it was shortly after the Columbine shooting, which was really the beginning of the new world of tragedies in America. They want to know what they was listening to and what, what kind of music was they listening to or what kind of movies was they watching who gives a fuck what they was watching whatever happened to crazy what happened to crazy well you can't be crazy no more do we eliminate crazy from the dictionary fuck the record fuck the movie crazy and i don't mean to make jokes about it but whatever happened to just dudes nuts Dude lost his mind. I think part of it is because we don't take mental health seriously. I talk about this all the damn time. You don't take care of your body. You don't take care of your muscles. You don't take care uh, of your uh, of your nutrition. You don't take care of yourself in general. Your body will deteriorate. The same thing happens to your mind. If you don't take care of your mind well, if you don't feed it and fuel it with good information, you know, it's the garbage in, garbage out kind of thing. Your mind can deteriorate. And it's hard for people whose minds have not deteriorated to be able to understand that. And I think this comes down to another case of an unattended consequence of freedom. I've talked about this over the years many times. People don't want to hear this. I'm sorry. Unattended consequence of freedom. You give 350 million people the opportunity to do whatever the hell it is they want. Some of them are going to do incredible things. Some of them are going to do normal, everyday, quote-unquote, everyday activity things, quote-unquote, normal guy or gal, and some of them are going to live an atrocious life with despicable behavior. That's what happens when you let everybody do whatever they want. That's what happens when you let everybody have as many guns as they want. That's what happens when you let anybody eat whatever they want and drink whatever they want and ingest whatever they want and watch whatever they want and live wherever they want. Now I'm I'm bored with this freedom thing. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I don't want to I don't want to leave. Get out of here. No, I don't want to get out of here. You get out of here. I want to stay right here. But I understand, you know, the whole freedom isn't free thing. It's not free. And you have to put up with the annoyances at best and the atrocities at worst to be able to have this freedom that we all so genuinely desire. You can't always figure it out you can't always know part of the whole reason i'm doing this entire segment of gossip later on is because that we're voyeuristic we just want to know we want to know we want to know we got to see i want to see this i want to know what you're up to who are you sleeping with what did you eat what, what are you eating on over there what are you drinking where were you the other day what are you wearing we're just so damn interested in everybody else that is creating a cultural dichotomy i guess is one way you can but i don't know that's what I'm, my whole point is i don't know But if you allow everybody to do whatever they want, say whatever they want, gossip with whoever they want, live the way they want, sometimes it creates incredible mental illness. You can't be crazy no more? I don't, not without an explanation, I don't guess. Whatever happened to crazy? I don't know. Crazy, it it used to be just if you were nuts, you were nuts. And so to reference other pop culture from the early, uh, early century a Saturday Night Live character, even though it wasn't a Saturday Night Live character, but a member of Saturday Night Live in a movie I haven't used in the audio vault here on the show. Well, the lovable Joe Dirt. Hey, how exactly is a rainbow made? 
How exactly does the sun set? How exactly does the positive track rear end on the Plymouth work? It just does. It just does. And, and that's, sometimes you just have to say, how does this work? It just does. Why does this happen? It just does. In America, why are shootings and mass incarcerations so incredibly high? Why are those numbers so high? It just does. It just does. Why does a seemingly normal person somehow transform into a monster that would kill a bunch of people for what apparently looks like no reason? It just does. It just does. Why does somebody park a a van outside of a children's hospital or whatever it was 25 years ago in Oklahoma City? Why does somebody who doesn't seem like they do something like that, why does that happen? It just does. It just does. Why does a guy who seemingly had everything as a football star in college and the pros and a, and, a, and a movie star and a television TV star like O.J. Simpson brutally murder two people? Why does that happen? It just does. It just does. Why does somebody go into a movie theater and kill a bunch of people because they're watching a Batman movie in Aurora, Colorado? It just does. It just does. It just does happens and it can't always be explained now they're great studies to to further mental health research but for your 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 twitter handle today and for your facebook conversation thread and argument tomorrow it you can't you can't wrap your brain around it and you're never going to to me all it seems to be is a fuel for argument a fuel to say i told you so told you so and that is a selfish way to approach a conversation dialogue argument or otherwise Gossip is destroying social behaviors, office behaviors, businesses, and overall relationships all the way around. But first in Stone's Throw, let's expose a couple of frauds. Heads up. It's Stone's Throw. Wait, what? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me. I'm stupid. I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? All right, I'll start with the first situation, and I'll keep it simple and short and sweet and right to the point and done. That stunt pulled by Mike Pence, Vice President Pence, and the Colts game going for the very beginning and the anthem and then leaving immediately afterwards was his biggest staged and 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 hashtag fake outrage as you're possibly going to find. That was a, a, as big a stunt as you're going to get. And if you don't agree with that, I hope we can still be friends because I think that that's exactly what it was and I think you're a fool if you think otherwise. All right, that's it. Stop right there. No more about that. The other story is one that I wanted to get to a couple of weeks ago, but too many things were going on and then things got too heavy. And so I didn't want to go back in time uh, in the last week and a half or two to uh, something that felt to me like wasn't important anymore. And now that you know we're like five minutes removed from whatever the last tragedy was, I guess it's okay to go back to those kinds of stories. And it went to this this joint out in Hickson. It's a, a burger joint. And I'm going to be kind of a jerk about this. I apologize. It's a sorry, not sorry kind of thing. Hickson Restaurant opts to show pictures of military 
over NFL games. Now, if that's what you want to do, fine. I'm okay with that. But this is uh, th- this is another case of hashtag fake outrage and uh, just an, a fake approach all the way. It's a PR stunt trying to get more people into your restaurant at a restaurant that is not a destination to watch football anyway. Well, the owner of Baxter's Family Food and Fun in Hickson posted on Facebook today saying he will not show NFL games at the restaurant while the protests continue on the field. They're not going to stand up until they feel something has changed. We're just not going to show it until we, we know something has changed. Wilcott was one of many unhappy with NFL athletes kneeling during the national anthem. Whether players stand or kneel, Wilcott says he understands the fight for equality will continue. I'm going to do both. I stand during the pledge, during the national anthem and during the Pledge of Allegiance, and I kneel at night for the country because we need more prayer now than ever. Okay, so this guy who owns Baxter's Family Food and Fun Burger Joint uh, is a thoughts and prayers guy, clearly, but his name is Matthew Wolcott. This is from the story that uh, the audio is courtesy of WRCB. A Chattanooga business owner is taking a stand against the NFL in response to players taking a knee during the playing of the national anthem. Quote from Wolcott, they have to be on the field. They have to stand with their right hand on their chest and their left hand holding their helmets. He continues, that's in their rule books. So really, if you're not following the rules, you should be punished. Now, that sounds like a really strong like comment, right? That sounds like something that is very solidified and a very authoritative voice is telling you something that is for sure true. Well, Matthew Wolcott, that's not true at all. It is in the handbook of the NFL that players are asked, they are asked to have their right hand on their chest and their left holding their helmets. The wishes of the league is that they do this. Now, you might be... You know, thinking, hey, Stone, bro, you're being a little bit uh, uh, semantics here, right? Yeah, no, I, I'm the word police. I'm the reality police here. I'm not letting this. I'm not letting this fly. This is a situation of allowing somebody to believe something that isn't true. His exact quote is, "They have to be on the field. They have to stand with their right hand on their chest and their left hand holding their helmets. That's in their rule books." That's not true. That's a lie, Matthew Wilcock. Cock, cock, whatever your name is. That's not true. That is not true at all. So you have already shown your fraudulent nature to this approach. You have distorted the truth to get your agenda across. So then I went to the Facebook page and then I looked at a bunch of the reviews from the, I don't know if it's Google or Velp or Yelp or Delp or whatever it is, Derp, I don't know. But this is from the Facebook page, Baxter's Family Food and Fun. October 8th. So that would have been this past weekend. I'll tell you the time of this post here in a minute. So great to see all these families out here at Baxter's. Birthday parties, family, get together, and just all around burger seekers looking for a fun place to hang out. Just listen to that laughter. It was a video post. Those kids are having a blast. Thanks so much for coming out even though our TVs are off. This warms my heart and makes me proud to own this place. Presumably, that's the owner, Matthew Wolcott. This was posted at 721 on a Sunday evening. There are no football games on at 721 on a Sunday evening. If you want to show me that what you're doing means something, you feel like you're making progress and showing the world who's boss, 
Show me a video from 2.30 in the afternoon in the height of the first round of games. Show me a video from 5.30 right, an hour after the uh, the kickoff of the afternoon game. Show me a video from the Sunday night game at 8.30, 9.30 when the game is knee-deep in. Don't show me a video when a game's not on. That on top of the fact that nobody goes to your place to watch football. It's a burger joint. Not a burger joint like a, a, a sports bar burger joint. It is just a place to go get high-calorie fried foods for people on a small budget. That's fine. That's cool. You serve a purpose. That's okay. Nobody's going to your place of, of, of business to watch NFL football. So the fact that you're not showing it doesn't mean anything. You got WRCB and you got a couple other media outlets to pay attention to you. And look at that. You're now hopefully going to take a business that will likely be out of business within the next year and a half. So good for you. You you duped people in. You duped MAGA types into thinking that, that you really care about something when you really, you kind of lied to even make your point. Sports Illustrated picked up a story nationally that picked out a handful of restaurants across the country that were doing away with NFL games on Sunday. Once again, look at the list of these these restaurants. They're not sports bars. They're not destinations to watch sports. Canyon Road Barn and Grill in Texas. Cooper's Landing in New York. The main thing is here, these aren't sports joints. This ain't, Taco Max ain't going to stop showing games. This is from that SI piece. This is a statement via the restaurant's Facebook page. We might lose some clients over this, but I feel like it's the right thing to do. Until the NFL comes to its senses on this national anthem tragedy, we will no longer be showing NFL games at a restaurant. You can still view college games, uh, da, 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 but my grandfathers fought for our country for that symbol. They lost friends and brothers. My father fl- served under the flag, da, 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 and until further notice, we will no longer be showing NFL games. All right, I understand that you have a lineage in your family of serving the country. That's great. I'm very, very pleased and, uh, and, and appreciative of that. But this is a, a, this is a fraudulent way to present this. This is look at me. This is look what I look, look look at how I can stand up to the pandered fan base of the MAGA crowd. And just for the fun of it, some of the responses here on there uh, again is it Yelp? I'm not sure, but uh, my husband and I ate there last night with our family. We had a great time. Awesome atmosphere for families. My husband had the triple cheddar bypass burger, hmm. and I had the glazed donut burger. Both are very good. Definitely be back. Triple cheddar bypass burger and the glazed donut burger. They won't show NFL games? Question mark. Players were peaceful and didn't interrupt their games. But people like this do? Childish and irresponsible. I would not trust this kind of behavior in a food business. Gotta watch extreme people these days. Uh, Let's see. Jerry says, horrible customer service. Even worse food. We'll never go back. Roland says, fantastic food. Great atmosphere of fun. This one, Noland, says the food gave me the worst food poisoning and the staff was super rude. One star. Now, I get it. Those are just a bunch of stupid, you know, mentions on a social media or on a, you know, yeah, I guess it is a social media site. And some of them might be planted. Some of them might not be. All I know is it's a burger joint that people don't go watch football at. Yeah, if you stumble in there because you're hungry and you're in a hurry and you want to get a burger, you might want to catch a few minutes of the game. They sell a couple of cases of beer a month. They don't cater to a football Sunday crowd. So not having the games on isn't affecting anything. And when you send me a Facebook post with a video of a what seems like or kind of is 
the perception is a crowded dining room and you do it when there's not an NFL game on on a Sunday, that's as disingenuous as it gets. Hey, look at me. Look, I can I can not show NFL games and pack the place out. Well, yeah, it's because you're t- showing me a time of the day when there isn't an NFL game on. Nice try. Nice try, bro. <laughs> nice try. All right, coming up next, an extension of lying and fraudulent behavior is something that is rampant in American society, and that is gossip. And you might think, well, it's no big deal, right? There's gossip magazines, there's gossip TV shows, there's gossip internet, because we've normalized lying to each other, and therefore have also normalized gossiping and rumor mills. Now, I think rumor mills and gossiping could be two different things, but there is kind of a splitting hair situation there. I'll talk about both of those coming up next and some audio from the great Dave Ramsey who is also another example of how I prove to you and anybody listening if you weren't sure I don't care if we agree with things politically or agree with things religiously or agree with anything anywhere real good quality thoughts and conversation I am always on board with that's coming up next this is the most listened to the most downloaded and the most easily accessible podcast in the city of chattanooga like share and always love rate and review if you get a chance my name is brian stone this is the weekly dose for october 11th 2017 and i will be right back completely understands or needs to be reminded of sometimes is how deeply these songs affect people in such a way that when you hear the song you know like where you were and even the feeling in your gut when you were 14 hearing that song and the artists like if they can accept that that's a potent thing it's it's really what a what a gracious situation I think I was such a follower of his music that I was waiting in line, you know, to get his record the, the minute it came out. Bought the record, brought it home at lunch, learned that song, went back to school, you know, with it in my head, and then was playing it by the time I got home. The girls that I was going after when I was a kid, they just loved fucking Tom Petty. Everything was Tom Petty, Tom Petty, Tom Petty. Got to the point where it became kind of an issue. You know, you put on the Tom Petty record, but then all the focus went on to Tom. When you ask about playing a song with him, it's interesting now because I feel like I can finally let go of all that. (laughs) All right, here you are, playing with him now. Take that, ladies. That was Eddie Vedder in 2006, or at least this performance was. I think that commentary was from roughly that time as well. Welcome back to the Stone on Air podcast. Now, I wasn't planning on doing this until I fell into a YouTube rabbit hole. And I'll get into that whole gossip thing here in a minute. But And there's a lot of different websites that we all have that that can happen to. For me, it's baseball reference. Boy, you get stuck in a baseball reference rabbit hole, you'll never stop. I think YouTube is that way for a lot of people. That mean, And Wikipedia in, in, in most settings, that can happen to people too. But 
get into YouTube and next thing you know, it's like, I've been here for hours. I keep clicking on awesome videos. And I found this one of, of, of Eddie talking about his experiences with Tom. And it was, uh, it, it just, it grabbed me and I was like, well, I got to at least play it. And it got me thinking about, and this has nothing to do with anything. So I apologize if it's boring, but I, <laughs> in 2006 was when I first found YouTube, at least found it and started using it regularly. I think it started in 04. And uh, I remember it well because I was, um, I was going to a bunch of shows back then, like every freaking weekend and just it was all I did I was 26 years old I was working as much as I ever had I had great jobs and and life seemingly was great and um, I went to this panic show in Birmingham and I met this girl and I was infatuated with her her name was Shannon I just dying of curiosity to know where she, you know she's at now that was 11 years ago she was 32 years old I was 26 to me that felt like oh my god can you believe I'm kind of seeing a girl that old you know it's amazing how your perception changes of stuff but and i bring this back to why i remember with youtube is because we met at this panic show and we hung out all night she lived in the panhandle of florida so basically just a state away and uh, i'm obviously in here chat in chattanooga so we met up a few times for new year's in atlanta and um, another show in Birmingham, and then I think we she might have might have met up in Nashville for a show. I can't remember. It was kind of like a little mini long distance relationship. And uh, she had three kids, and this just kind of it was just it, the, the dynamics were very weird, uh, or at least out of the ordinary for both of us. But I kept uh, like you know email and text flirting, if you will, with YouTube clips. All I would spend half the day. Most days trying to find awesome YouTube clips because I had just stumbled on the website and it was like, man, how awesome is this? And I'm, you know, I'm sending her YouTube clips and she's sending me the ones back. And uh, I can't even imagine how primitive the web website was back then. But um, I don't know. Once I found that that Eddie Vedder and Tom Petty little montage and then the the performance and then saw the year was 2006 and then it kind of time warped me to 2006 and man the middle of the first decade was uh really an incredible time for me i mean i know for, for the country it wasn't great um i i often say that the first decade of this century was some of the worst times in the in the history of america i don't, I don't think that was a, a accurate statement now that we're where we're at now and then when you reflect on other times in history i think i was wrong on that and and uh, overreacting probably being a little too emotional when i said that but it was an interesting time as far as the uh, overall landscape of america was concerned but selfishly man i was on top of the world back then and i was young and naive and stupid which made fun even that much more uh, enjoyable all right so as i put the wraps on the show in the final segment today i've uh, been talking a lot about uh, lies and deceit and the normalization of how we uh, communicate with people in a in a false um, and fraudulent way, and it's okay to lie to people. It's okay to tell half truths. It's okay to lead people, uh, or excuse me, let people believe things that aren't true. To me, I think that's irresponsible. If you walk away and you think that that person or you know that that person doesn't know the truth, but you do and you don't tell them, I do believe you kind of have a moral and ethical responsibility 
to clear that up. Now, am I guilty of of lying to people and letting people believe things that aren't true and living in deceit? Oh, hell yes, I am. Absolutely. I hope this doesn't come across as, oh, look at uh, old holier than thou guy over there who 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 never you know screws up or who ne- who never leads somebody on in the wrong direction uh, by purpose or by accident. No, 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 no. I'm an awful person. I'm an awful person. I'm the worst, man. I am the worst. But I've I understand where the problems are, and I at least am cognizant of it. I recognize that this is that this is poor behavior and I try my best not to get involved with it as much as possible. But what I really started to notice this here recently is in a workplace environment. And I don't think that even the the richest CEO at times understands this that that having a quality culture in your workplace is really really important. And I have been in workplace environments that were okay. I've been in some that were Eh, maybe a little better than okay. And I've been in some that were absolutely awful. And as I move into a new workplace environment that I've talked about over the course of the last several podcasts, if you hadn't listened or don't know, go back and listen and you can get yourself caught up. But I'm beginning to realize how toxic of a of a environment that I was in. It's kind of like high school. It's kind of like the hallways of high school. Well, dumb, stupid kids, you know, they're gonna be dumb, stupid kids. But when you got a hallway and a and a, and a and an office is full of grown ass adults, this same kind of behavior is not desirable by any stretch of, the, of any imagination. If if you're asking me, and I've now experienced this firsthand and didn't realize how awful a situation I had. I'm being a little vague on purpose because I don't want to call anybody out. But Dave Ramsey is an evangelical Christian financial planning radio guy. This is a perfect example of I can get along with anybody or enjoy content from anybody, no matter what you believe or what you do. I don't agree with any of his politics or any of his religious beliefs, but I think he's a very intelligent person who tells it like it is, quote unquote. People like to say that about people, don't they? This is Dave Ramsey on gossip in the workplace. I have a a zero tolerance policy for gossip. Gossip will destroy an organization in most places or a cesspool to work for when they have gossip running everywhere, and most of them do have gossip running everywhere. It shuts down everybody involved. It's a bunch of crap. It's small-mindedness. And the worst gossip of all is when they're gossiping about the guy paying them. And I will fire your butt for this. I have sat around in so many workplace situations where all we did was just trash every person who either was just in the room or who was about to be in the room or who we just ran into on the other side of the building. That has happened countless times in my life. And it really is toxic. What do you do if you're in a situation at work and somebody is consistently like this? And it's real simple at our place. If you have a negative and you will have a negative, you're not doing anything if you don't have a negative. When you have a negative, you need to hand the negative up. You can't hand it sideways and you can't hand it down. And so if you got a problem, take it to somebody in leadership that can help you fix the problem. Don't sit down in front of the receptionist desk and tell her your computer's not working because the IT guys are a bunch of bozos. I will fire your butt for that. She doesn't fix computers. She doesn't buy computers. She doesn't approve the budget. You are bringing her down and you are a gossip and I have no use for you. No, yeah, that's exactly how we talk about it around here. I did it just the other day. Speaking of the uh, the front desk lady, and not the actual front desk lady, somebody else who was at the front desk. I sat up there for about 
I don't know, 15 minutes, 10 minutes maybe, and whispers so no one else in the building can hear about things that we were, you know, hearing or whatever. So even in that case, when I know that it's bad, I still did it. And this was really harmless, but it's uh it it's it's in our it's ingrained in us to to uh to to whisper, to speculate. But then there's also a responsibility of companies from the top down to lead by example. And so if that's all you ever know, then sometimes you have trouble acting any other way. Now, that might sound like an excuse, and it is, but it's actually a good excuse. Dave Ramsey talking about how to uh, to get rid of this uh, quote-unquote cancer. So I would cut the cancer out. I'd have a staff meeting with everybody involved and just explain that right there to them and say, that's it, boys and girls. You're acting like a bunch of dead gum 13-year-old girls, and I'm tired of it. And here's the deal. Any more of this, and I will fire you. And some of you don't believe me, and you'll be the first to go. You need to be living in fear. Fear, I'm going to fire you if you gossip. If you got a problem with somebody, if somebody's uh, not doing their job, you bring it in here to leadership, and we will deal with it. That's the thing I would talk to a lot of people I worked with regularly was that, uh, oh, this and this happened, oh, this and this happened, oh, this and this happened. And I'm like, guys, if you don't tell anybody, it's never going to get fixed. And that's be about as far as I'd go into it. But then you have that tattletale mentality amongst usually the lower end of the company, and it could be in the higher ends as well. But oh, I can't can't tell. People are going to think you know they're going to you know think I'm being a tattletale. Man, I ain't here to make friends, guys. I'm here to get through the workday. I'm here to get here, get my work done efficiently, and get the hell out of here. And anybody who's making that more difficult, not only are you not my friend. I will tell on your ass, <laughs> all right? This isn't about making buddies. This is about making progress in an efficient way in the workplace. Dave Ramsey regularly has, uh, he quotes lots of philosophers and uh, religious missionaries and, and all kinds of different people of, of, of prominence uh, throughout, the, throughout the world. And this is sanctioned incompetence. What is sanctioned incompetence? My friend uh, John Maxwell says has a great saying. He says, sanctioned incompetence demoralizes. When you allow people to half-butt do their job, well, no wonder people get frustrated. And I don't sanction incompetence. Incompetence isn't evil, but you can't work here if you don't get your job done. And you can't work here if you talk about other people not getting their job done. And you can't talk about their sex life, and you can't talk about their car, and you, you just can't talk about them. I'm not going to tolerate it. And then people will start liking to work there, and then you'll create a culture that defends itself against gossip, and we're not going to put up with it. I was looking through the handbook of the new um, the new transition I'm getting into, and it has a big, long section on this. And I was really happy to see that. And I think some some of you might be listening to this and thinking, "God, what a prude! What a what a what a douchebag!" And why is why is Brian putting this on his show? Because I truly believe that this is is very important, and I think that the reason why American business uh, if the president isn't trying to uh, personally destroy it, will sometimes destroy itself because leadership from the top down isn't in, in, involved in gossip and uh, office place politics. And when you can really sit down and really figure out how to do things and how to interact with people and how to treat people, I really do think that makes a very big difference. All right, I don't know if I've offended too many people today or not. I hope not. My name is Brian Stone. Thank you for finding the show. On the way out here, this was a song that Willie Nelson wrote in, I think it was 
14 or 13 a few years ago now where there was a big internet gossip that he had died. This song is called, uh, from Willie Nelson, Still Not Dead. Very happy to be involved with the Something Wicked on Station Street. Remember, call that number 301-8080. Leave me your information, 301-8080. Or call it for any reason, for that matter, the Stone on Air Newsmaker line. will get you qualified for tickets to the, sh- the Halloween show. Share any post on the official Stone on Air Facebook page. Like the Stone on Air Facebook page. Retweet anything, basically get involved on social media, and I'll throw your name in the hat and I'll give away at least two tickets, two pairs of tickets next week's show, and then one or two pairs the week after that as well. And be live on location during the show on October 28th and um, doing some MCing on the stage and just uh, overall having a, a big night. And I uh, hope to see you out there. Tickets are not that much anyway, so if you don't win, buy some tickets, come out there and have a big time with uh, everybody from Rubber Room, Choo Choo Campus, and the Stone On Air podcast. Keep your gossip in check. Do not be a fraud. The truth is easy to remember and continue to watch this space. We'll see you later. Bye! I woke up still not dead again today The news said I was gone to my dismay Still not dead again today I run up and down the road Making music as I go They say my pace would kill a normal man But I've never been accused of being normal anyway And I woke up still not dead